Thanks for joining me on Fears of a No-Name Blank. My name is Virginia. I'm an actor based in Atlanta, Georgia. In this bi-weekly podcast, I sit down with undiscovered actors, film and television industry folks, and other creatives to chat about their fears in business and life in general. The goal is not to solve the fears or try to motivate away from them, but just bring these fears to light. After all, we're all human. I had the pleasure to chat with my very good friend, Lou Rosado, sound guy extraordinaire. Lou has been such a treasure in my life, and it was really exciting for me to get to have such a serious conversation with him. Enjoy. Hi, I'm here today with my friend Lou. Lou, can you please introduce yourself and tell us here at, um, I can't even remember the name of my fucking podcast. What is it called? Uh, It's called Fears of a No-Name Blank. Thank you. Can you tell us uh, what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Lou. (laughs) Right, so my name is Lou, and I am a production sound mixer in the film and television industry. Okay, and what does that mean? So I'm in charge of microphones on set to record... People like you, mm-hmm. you people, me peoples, um, y'all's dialogue, mm-hmm. capture y'all's performances, make sure what you said is heard. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that, I'm going to go ahead and say two years now. Okay. And have you only done that here in Atlanta or have you been elsewhere? Um, I guess I could start... Look, I know how to cut things now, yeah. so you're good. <laughs> I guess I, I can say I started in Texas, but it wasn't so much of a professional thing there. It's more of a hobbyist thing. And then I moved to Atlanta for reasons, and I did it here. Okay, awesome. And um, are you working on anything right now? I'm currently fun employed, um, but it's fine. I just finished a couple runs of a diff- couple different shows. And I've had to decline a couple things this month because I'll be going to Canada for a while just to hang out. That sounds awesome. And what does a day look like for you on set? Is there a typical day? Um, is there Do things kind of alter and change and be crazy? It's mostly pretty routine as long as I get all the information up front. It's uh, show up, make sure me and the camera are talking well, um, make sure... I have enough mics for the talent, mic them up, and let them be on their way. <laughs> okay. Um, and how much creativity do you feel like you have to put into um, any or all aspects of this position on a set? Not as much as you would think. It's uh, it's pretty standard once you get your go-to techniques. It just... You just do them every single time. Um, It's rare to change it up. I mean, maybe there's an outfit or maybe there's a room that requires something slightly different, but it's not a creative field. We are very much a technical field working in a creative industry to help creatives achieve their goal. Uh Uh-huh. And how how do you feel that affects what you do? as a technical person, like other people's creativity kind of coming in. Do you feel that that's, 
it's an interesting thing to work around. Does it sometimes bother you? Do you wish you were had more creativity in your field? Like what type of how does that how does that make you feel? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So I feel like there's been so much television and and films that have been created especially in this like golden age of television that we have right now, that there probably isn't a scenario that is unique. Maybe the last time there would have been, which I didn't work on this project, but it still seemed interesting if you read it from a, a technical standpoint, was uh, Baby Driver that uh-huh. was filmed here. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of like editing on site and then going back to playback and then reshooting that. But And that has its own problem solving. But um, nowadays, I mean, there's... A solution for anything, as long as one people are willing to work with you, other departments, and uh, two the budget calls for it. Yeah, you know, so for sure. A lot of times, if I am working like on an independent project, I might have to say, "This is a problem you can't fix later, and you need to think about." Sorry, let me read that. What do you say that? Rephrase. Yeah. Um, A lot of times in independent projects, I have to say, we have to compromise on your vision just because you don't have the resources to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was that? Do you feel like that then brings up your creativity in the moment? Because somebody, you're, you're trying to help somebody's creative vision come to life. And you're saying, I'm sorry, we can't do it the way you thought it could be done, but. Right. Um, so, no, again, again, this still isn't like a, I, I'm not a creative position at all. So. So even in a moment like that, you feel like you have to take a step back and only think about technical things. In a moment like that, I have to just trust that a director or if the writers are on set or if the DP's there and say, like, this is the issue I'm having this is the problem you'll face in the future. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that, you know, let's roll. If you're not, is there something you can do to change that? And that might be like, the, the, easy example I can, the easiest example I can think of is like, um, I've done a lot of like these steady cam winter shots where they don't want to cut for like a minute or so. Uh-huh. And uh, even in sh- movies like... Uh, sh- even in movies like like Birdman, they have the secret cuts where they the, the camera pans somewhere to allow you to do what otherwise would have been impossible, and um, you find those a lot of those moments on set where, all right, can you just move that way so I can get behind you or, uh-huh. or something? Um, and I'll, Cheats, as they would call it, right? Right, and so that's probably the most creative. It's probably the boom operating aspect of it, and uh-huh. that's just like the little dance you do around the camera. Um, but no, yeah, like the most most of the creativity and sound comes from after the fact and post, and that's mm-hmm. the design aspect, the composition aspect, mm-hmm. um, and that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it, but I also don't enjoy sitting at a computer for days on end, so <laughs> there's my conflict of interest there. That's fair. Now, as a technical person in a creative field, I want to talk with you about fears that you have in general and in terms of your, you know, job life. 
So right. do you have, like, a major fear? I mean, I have this huge fear of peacocks, but it might be just <laughs> anything that opens up to me. <laughs> okay. Um, but in a more <laughs> related note, and maybe a more serious note that I don't want to think about, is probably the fear of letting someone down. Okay. Um, so how do you want to continue with that? Just tell me, tell me about, um, just tell me why, what, it, what effects that has on you okay. and where that might have come from. Okay. So, man. Okay. Okay. Um, so when I say a fear of letting someone down, and if I want to relate that to the industry, it could just be like, you're bringing me on for a project. And this actually more relates to passion projects than it does like my network reality stuff. And if I do, I, I don't want there to be a compromise between my department and the rest of your vision. Um, I want you to be able to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it does suck when I have to bring that up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I, I, I can't do what you need me to do with the time and budget you've allotted me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that always like just sucks. Um, and then, am I talking about things outside of the industry? Yeah, of course. Well? Okay. Because it all relates. Oh, man, it all relates. Okay. <laughs> so, when I first moved here two years ago, um, one of the things you want to do is, like, make friends, you know? And to me, the kind of friends that I want are friends that are there for you and that you can be there for them. Mm-hmm. That whole, like, friend in need a friend in whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, so, and I, I was lucky enough to find that. I met um, someone named Virginia, first off, who's been <laughs> really great. Um, she might not ever be on this podcast. Never. Uh, and then I met, like, my friends Gina and Corey. Am I allowed to name names here? Absolutely. Okay. Drop them. Name drops. Gina and Corey, and then, like, a bunch of other people through them. And anytime I've ever needed to call any of them for something that, like, I really couldn't do without someone, like, they've been there. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I've been able to do the same for them, Mm -hmm. even though I know that my schedule is, like, hectic in the way that it's like, hey, are you available to work tomorrow? And I'm like, yes, let me cancel everything I was about to do in order to do that. Um, So, yeah, um, finding friends to... Not let down, so is important. <laughs> yeah, um, and to even to touch on like the the whole like getting gigs part is um, to touch on how I get my gigs. Like somebody gets my name from someone else, mm-hmm. and usually it's like, hey, we really need someone next week. We really need someone in a couple of days. I've gotten, we need someone tomorrow. I've even gotten, can you be here in, in like an hour? In an hour, yeah. I've gotten a good handful of those, actually. And um, usually it's it's some kind of crisis that, that they're having, whether it's a doctor's appointment that they didn't know they had or someone bailed out on them that they originally had booked. And, uh, and yeah, usually I'm not doing shit. So <laughs> like, go ahead. But I've had, I've, I, have, I have had to cancel a couple of... Um, 
leisurely things that, you know, would have been fun to do, as well as even a flight home. I had mm-hmm. a whole booked flight home for, like, uh, a relative's um, important, I don't know. Event. Event mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I let him down um, in order to help someone else, and it's just a constant... Do, so does it juggling. feel like you're constantly... I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Does it feel like you're constantly juggling... Who do I let down? Like, do I let the job down at this point? Or do I let the friends down at this point? Like, because, like, I feel like the, like, letting people down, that's like your own, right. Like, that's so in your own head. Right. Um, And so it's one of those things where there is a bit of selfishness in some of these decisions. Of course. To add to the... I mean, on, on the job end, it's like, I want to be there for people, and I want them to know that I'm dependable, and hopefully I can make a living right. doing what I'm doing, which I feel like I have. And um, on the other end, it's like, people like like family, some family, especially the, the one that I was going to fly back for, like, they were there for me in the past, and it's like, am I letting them down now? It's just one of those things where... You have to hope they understand. Right. Or if it's something that has to do with just a body filling in, like maybe I can't do it, it's like, let me introduce you to someone that can. Mm-hmm. And so at least I know you're covered and everyone is satisfied with what they're getting. Right. So I get my time off, he gets to do whatever they need to do, and a friend of mine gets to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Is that kind of answered this question, but does that fear motivate you or discourage you more when you're trying to do things? Or do you feel like, you know, it, it kind of, it, to me, it sounds like it organizes the way you deal with things. Yeah. So I am very much so a negatively reinforced person. <laughs> so fear and frustration and all the guilt chaos (laughs) is great for me get all the things done um and yeah like once like i might be sitting at home doing nothing and then i get like several calls and they always happen within the same day and it's always Mm -hmm. over several days and and yeah then i just have to prioritize Based on a number of factors, it's like um, I have someone that throws me work regularly. It's like I don't want to disappoint them Mm -hmm. because I've been working with them for so long. I don't want to break that relationship Mm -hmm. versus like a new opportunity. This new opportunity might already have um, a background in being sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so I want that connection or it might be brand new and I just... They just ask for my help, and I feel like I should help them. Right. Um, and so you have to kind of gauge where they go in the priority list of right. letting people down. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. And in the beginning, it was, it was extremely difficult to make those decisions. I mean, I've had calls where I'm like, hey, I'm not coming next week. And I think I've lost so-called, quote-unquote, friends over it. Um, and it's hard to say whether they were friends in the first place uh-huh. or not. Um, but so... To, to combat that, I kind of have, like, this small circle of other up-and-comers in the sound, in the sound, in the sound department that, um, that I can turn to. Uh-huh. And, uh, it, it is kind of, a 
and we're we're all kind of there for each other. So it's like maybe six of us, and if one of us needs something covered because of another gig, you know, we'll toss it over, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things have definitely gotten easier. I don't think I've I've had a situation since I've joined this group of friends and colleagues that I've had to let anyone down. Mm-hmm. So that's been nice. So in that sense, to me, it sounds like that fear really motivates you to make sure your ass is covered at all times. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, So do you often talk about this to other people? Like, do you tell them, hey, I don't want to let you down, but this is what might be going on? Or, um, like, do you let people know that this is a fear that you have? Okay, so I'll start with the latter, the last question you said. So, no, I've never told anyone this because it just feels like something that I have to deal with. Right. Like, it's no one else's problem. Uh-huh. Like, who else gives a shit? It's just just me, you know? Uh-huh. Um, when the situation comes up that I'm about to let someone down... Um, and they've had those hard talks of being like, man, I'm really sorry, but I, like, I fucked up. And I, right. I wasn't there. Um, I mean, this, I don't know. What? A, hmm. <laughs> no. Ask your first question again. It Like, do you often say, like, if you have to get to the point where you're letting someone down, do you say, like, I know that I'm doing this? Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if there is a point, and there have been points where I have just dropped the ball, uh-huh. um, you just you just own up to it, and it's it's a fear up until you say the words, "Look, I fucked up." Uh huh. Um, at that point, you know, you know, they get upset, or they might yell, or you know, say they're disappointed, or whatever, and it's I don't know. Again, like, up until then, like, that's where the fear lives. At the moment, like, once it happens, it sucks, but there's nothing that can be done to remedy that. Uh-huh. Um, and you kind of just move on, and hopefully you can salvage... Whatever. Whatever it may be, whether it's, like, a relationship or if it was... Since, you know, more related to my field, like some kind of file that got corrupted. I've had that before where uh-huh. I was like, look, man, these files are not coming back. I'm sorry. Um, and he was just like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like an awful situation. It was, it's rough and there's things to learn from it and there's ways to prevent it that I know now. Uh, and in the end, like there's certain situations where I was able to salvage something else that made up for it or like I don't want to say saved it but made it usable mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's just the least you can do mm-hmm. so there's nothing uh, so yeah the fear doesn't exist anymore at that point yeah it's all about the climbing of the roller coaster not the fall uh huh well Lou thank you so much for um, sitting down and talking with me about yeah. this cause yeah, that's really intense. Like, letting people down sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
can do you want to let us know about any social media handles that you might have if you want people to find you? No, I'm not really a social media person. I have an Instagram. I have a Facebook. It's all under my name. I think people can find me at Film Bar. <laughs> Film Bar at, Monday. If we're at Mac McGee's, that's the closest one to me. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, awesome. Thank you. I think we can all relate on some level to being afraid of letting others down. I absolutely love how Lou utilizes this fear to motivate him to do as well as he can to hold up his end of the bargain, as it were. But I also appreciate, as he said, that the fear only lives in that moment, and then you have to move beyond it. Thanks again for listening in on Fears of a No-Name Blank. I'm Virginia, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore Scarlet P. I'll make sure to link to Film Bar Monday, as we mentioned in the interview, in the show notes. And please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear your opinions on what you've heard so far.